Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing good. Much better than last week, I think. Amazing. Glad to hear it. Pretty sure we're releasing these episodes in reverse order, so that will really throw our <laughs> listeners. I've I've just had my eyes laser scanned. Ooh, uh, it was it was a, it was pretty incredible. What they can do these days is modern technology. The, the optician showed me a three D model they built of my eye. Wow! You can, like spin it round and and show me where my um, what's the bit in the middle called? Retina, no. cornea, no, optic no, no. nerve. It's the, it's the center of your retina, the black hole, <laughs> where all of the detail sensors are. Okay. Um, I knew the name. Did the laser make this noise? <laughs> as it went know. across your eye. Oh, that's a shame. So, so glaucoma is a condition by which the pressure in your eye builds up because the fluid in your eye can't escape. Okay. And the way they fix it is they laser a very small hole in your eye so it can it can leak out. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, that is incredible. The stuff they can do. I was I, I was it was my father in law I was talking this about. Lots of mm. you can understand a lot of surgery. You know, like say like a heart transplant. It's mm-hmm. it's it's like medically it's incredible, but you can understand the path from like Birkenhair and a grave robber. And the corpse of a pig, and cutting those open and saying, "Okay, well, this is the heart, and this is how it's plumbed in." Yeah, but lasers are like high tech. Like what? What? The first person to be like, "Well, let's just shoot a laser in this guy's eye <laughs> and see what it does." That it's feels remarkable. like it must have been quite recent. And there's not. It's, yeah. It doesn't have that same historic precedent. I'm probably like, you know, I know nothing about medical history. So if any doctors <laughs> are listening, they'd be like, "Well, he's forgetting about this and this and this." Please write in and let us know. <laughs> please, please send us a very long email about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Because like, you're also forgetting that the ancient Egyptians have hieroglyphs where they say, this is the best we could manage without the lasers. <laughs> if only <laughs> we right. had lasers. If only we, we had lasers. Done. What's the yeah. hieroglyph for laser? Is it? You can't look at it because it hurts your eye. Right. It's coming directly out of the <laughs> tablet. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a beam of light that comes out. Yeah. Wow. God, I had no idea. Yeah. My ancient history is obviously not very good either. Yeah, you need to swat up. Anyway, welcome to, to the Peter's eyes. Learning Zone. Yeah. <laughs> Laser to the flame. We are actually drawn to the eyes. <laughs> Brutal. We are actually doing another eyes on the inside. Specific... Eyes on the inside would be a great... That's a line from Bloodborne. That would be a great uh, Lovecraft podcast name. Line our brains eyes with eyes. on the inside. Yeah, the, the whole thing with, with Bloodborne is you've got the twin paths of like power, which is blood, and knowledge, which is eyes. And all the people who were on the path to enlightenment via eyes are like, we have to, you have to have more eyes on the inside. We must align our eyes with, uh, line our brains with eyes. That's nice. It's lovely, isn't it? There's that um, cheap shot has the flavour, doesn't it? Aim for the eyes, they told me. And it's that it's art all, of like... All eyes. Thousands of eyes, yeah. Aim for the eyes. We're doing an investigator-specific episode. We are. Honestly, listener, we're getting there. It's another investigator-specific episode. This is another of the starter investigators. Yes. Maybe maybe our favourite? Certainly my favourite. 
And when we say starter, we mean starter decks, not core set. Correct. I thought you were doing yeah. an, an elaborate Roland troll there. Oh, no. So not quite the Sorry. way you went. I was like, it's so <laughs> way off base that I can't get a troll in here. It's just not worth it. And you then did one for us. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. So, no, yeah, no in this episode, we're looking at Jacqueline Fine, the psychic. I think it's my turn to read the front of the oh, card. I would entirely agree. Go for it. Five willpower, three intellect, two combat, two agility. She's clairvoyant treated. Reaction. When an investigator at your location would reveal any number of chaos tokens, reveal two additional chaos tokens. Of the revealed tokens, choose and cancel two non-autofail tokens or one autofail token. Limit once per round. Elder sign effect plus one. If this effect is cancelled or ignored, draw one card. She has six health and nine sanity. The future can be rewritten. Can I ask a non-relevant question? Please. When was the last time we had an investigator who had a five in one of their sanity or horror, their sanity or health stats? As in came out with a five? Yeah, yeah. Are we going to Tony Morgan? Is he five nine, sanity? Yeah, nine and five. Luke, Luke Robinson with five, five nine. Hmm, not that long ago. Just felt like a, a stat we didn't often see these days. The low five. Yeah, none of them in Edge of the Earth, right? They're all. Yeah, that's my feeling, and I don't think any of the starters do either, do they? What's Harvey? No. He's seven eight. He's wow. Beefy. Chunky guy, yeah. Just it, it always feels it's that ever so slight bit fragile, isn't it? It's mm. only like two bad mythos cards mm-hmm. and you're dead. I've just been playing Gloria, who's also a five willpower mystic. She's a five nine. Yeah. And it, yeah, I'd agree, it makes the difference. Normally, the way you deal with that in Gloria is just never take damage but if the, if there are things that do somehow damage you despite your best efforts yeah it's it very quickly can feel really nasty yeah yeah and i was playing through edge of the earth and reached a point where i was given a trauma that i couldn't do anything about because of um the way that the partners had worked out and then i'm on full health and i found that very uncomfortable yeah so sorry sorry for the tangent that's a good tangent because she's got slightly slightly beefed up stats, which is nice. Yeah, th- that's traditionally associated with a certain type of restriction, but we'll come on to that in a second. Let's talk mm. about her ability. This is a, it's a, well, I think it's an interesting one. It's a, an ability which is very useful because it combines with a lot of other, it, it's, it's interesting for several reasons. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It combines mm. with a particular kind of card which cares about what token you draw specifically. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, maybe even this is the best use of, of Jacqueline, uh, is playing with these effects. So mm. let me think of an example. Well, all of the, the curse cards, so the curse spell suite. Yeah, great example. The, the, the nipple jewel, as my friend likes calling it. The jewel of Ariolus mm-hmm. is another great example. You know, certain cards, although it's it's not giving a benefit for drawing a particular token, but say Defiance uh, works yeah. off a particular token being drawn. These cards, what they have in common is they're all Mystic cards, yeah. all playable out of Jacqueline. So I guess that's that's one route of taking her ability 
fishing, I guess you could call it, for a specific set of tokens, having more chances to hit mm. those tokens, triple the chance. But also, she can just be used in kind of two more mundane ways. A, as if, if you boost your stat high, so boost your stat high enough to be better than the top two or the, the two most worst tokens in the Chaos Bag, you can you can basically have an auto-pass. Yep. Or... Once around, yeah. You can increase the average value. If you're cancelling two non-tokens, you can pick the, the, the best of those two mm-hmm. non, non-tentacle non tokens. Maybe you draw three that aren't. Um, and you can pick the best one of those. So you, you kind of raise your overall... the overall value of the tokens you're drawing from the bag. In that third option... It's, it is almost like you get to take tests three times and pick the best outcome. Mm-hmm. So say I'm taking a test at one over and the first token I draw is a skull minus two, the second token I draw is a minus two, and the third token I draw is a zero. Like it would have taken me three actions to pass that test. Or if I'm Jacqueline, I pull all of those at the same time and I pick the best one. And even so better, you're, you're, you're putting the tokens through. Yeah, you're putting the tokens back as well. Sorry, you're mm. not putting you're not putting the tokens back between if you're doing them one at a time, you're putting yeah. the tokens back. So you could draw the minus four three times in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can guarantee you're not going to do that here. You might draw the technical, but <laughs> at least you're not mm-hmm. drawing the same token multiple times in a row. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I I think you've summed up just really nicely all the different ways that that ability is really helpful and useful. Yeah. And I, I think when you as well add in the fact that it says when an investigator at your location, yeah, it also means that you can offer that to other people on your party if you're playing multiplayer. And that's where I find her utility really skyrockets. That say it's early in a scenario and you're still setting up, you might not be taking any tests on your turn. So when I've played Jacqueline in multiplayer, I would offer it out and say, look, who needs my ability this turn? I don't need it. And you share it out. Someone else is like, oh, well, I could do an investigate. I'm, I'm two up. It's fine. Have my ability. Mm-hmm. So you increase the efficiency and the value of everyone else's actions if you've got the, the action to spare. When we use your type two option, the anything but the auto fail will pass me. It's a big fight or a big investigate with multiple cards committed. Again, having her provide the certainty is just incredible for sort of smoothing out jeopardy and so on, ensuring that you don't get unlucky. What I would also say is the the kind of if if I call the first kind of use of her I described as like a like almost like a combo enabling ability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing with cards that key off particular tokens being drawn and you're using her to try and draw those tokens more consistently the exact place you want a combo-enabling ability to be is on a card that you don't have to draw from your deck, you don't have to pay for, and and, and is reliably available. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what it is when we've got it on our Investigator card. Yeah, yeah. So traditionally, you either want that ability stamped on your Investigator or your, your ID card, or you want some ability to draw lots of cards to be able to find the combo. I've got a confession for you. Go on. Peter, actually. Since we did Jacqueline in our curse team, I've been really wary to do more curse runs. Oh, yeah. Exactly for the reason you just described. Because she adds so much value to fishing for curses. 
Mm. That it feels like trying to do a curse run with another mystic, I'd be selling myself short. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you run Jacqueline? And in fact, I did do another curse group play where I played as Jacqueline because you'd played as it in our two-player campaign. So it sort of seemed to me, yeah, almost a no-brainer, I'd say. that like I'd like to do Curse with other investigators. I mean, I have done a bit with other other mystics, but it feels so good in Jacqueline to find that Curse when you need it to get that hit when you need it to hit that anything else feels somewhat less satisfying. So, yeah. And her ability is similar to Olive McBride's, but Olive McBride has revealed two additional tokens and resolved two of them. Yes. And Jacqueline has only resolved two of them if you choose to cancel an auto-fail as the third one. Yeah, yeah. So it's a subtle-ish distinction, but it means most of the time, as Jacqueline, you're getting a choice of one of three rather than having to pick two of three. Shall we flip her over or do you yeah. want to talk about that stat line no no um well i mean we can briefly touch on it it's it's just a it's a solid mystic stat line isn't it five world power mm-hmm. yep. always nice to see a, a mystic landing firmly in the five world power mm-hmm. bracket isn't it you just know that you're good right from the gecko mm-hmm. slap those spell assets down don't need to be upgraded and you've got a reasonable chance of success there now with sword gain as well your five world power is also your defensive stat for dealing with a quick enemy if you need to yeah just good just good i'd add with three intellect and her ability she can get clues reasonably easily just using her intellect as well particularly in solo you might be waiting for that sixth sense you haven't seen it in your opening hand and she can kind of do fine with just the three intellect because she can fish for tokens and, you know, you might in solo be running Alyssa Graham and then you're at four intellect and it's, you don't even need her token ability for some investigates then. It's quite nice. Incidentally, another card there, which is good in Jacqueline. Six cents. Mm. Six cents. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let, let's let's spin around and we'll take a look at her deck building. We have deck size of 30. Deck building options, we have Mystic Cards, level 0 to 5, and Neutral Cards, level 0 to 5, full stop. Deck building requirements, uh, Arbiter of Fates, Dark Future, and a Random Basic Weakness. Pretty straightforward, right? A single, single, nothing fancy, just Mystic and Neutral. Mm. That tends to be the rule of thumb for an additional point of soak stat, that you have more limited deck building. And that's exactly where we are with Jacqueline. The first time we saw it was with the Dunwich investigators, who are nearly monoclass. They have a small splash, and they all have the extra... Well, four of them have the extra point as well, don't they? Yeah. So, I mean, do we want to talk... uh, Dive into the deck-building options? I don't know whether there's... Do you think there's anything she really lacks from not being able to go outside her faction? Great question. Thank no. you. No. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I guess that you could say that some of the the curse tech in Rogue in particular could mm. be nice to have available in her. But then mm-hmm. we found curse worked better as a team anyway, where you can maybe have one person filling up the bag and the other one exploiting the contents of it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If you're playing 
Jacqueline solo and you want to do a curse deck, maybe you're going to write of equilibrium early and just putting 10 bless and 10 curse in the bag. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that is the single best way of putting curse in the bag, I think. And that's in Mystic. Mm -hmm. But yeah, at, at level zero, she would struggle to get curse into the bag. So yeah, maybe she's limited in that way. But then I think that's shared among all mystics that the, they want to see curses but don't necessarily have all of the best cards for putting curses in. And they're looking at Seeker or Rogue to help them out in that regard. So yeah. I think beyond that, no. Because I think partly her five willpower and partly her ability caring about different tokens and like you said a lot of those cards are mystic cards yeah, yeah means that there aren't too many cards where i'm like ah oh, she'd be so good if she could take the winchester it's like mm, she doesn't have high combat so she probably doesn't want the winchester yeah so so yeah no same question back to you do you think she's she's lacking anything well i mean i already sort of answered it mm. some curse tech maybe but curse adders yeah I mean, I'll stress my experience with her is on the curse side of things. Mm. And I think a lot of the cards that played into that, so the spell assets, and then the cards that make up for the fact that you're pulling more negative tokens out the bag, mm. that took up a lot of my deck real estate. So I don't necessarily think there was much space for any other factions anyway. <laughs> yeah, Mystic yeah. tends to have a good option for whatever you need, I think. Especially mm -hmm. when you've got a five willpower stat. So you've got cancellation in faction. You've got spell assets that deal with clues, fighting and evading. And spell events that can do those as well. You've got, mm -hmm. I would say, decent economy cards. Especially in Jacqueline. You've got Voice of Ra. You've got yeah. Uncage the Soul to get the spell assets out. And then you've got a lot of other kind of tech you can put in there to help to help pass tests so you don't necessarily need the stat boosters in the same way so yeah I'd, I don't don't think she's missing much really I feel mm. like earlier in the game Stella and maybe Nathaniel might have found things a bit more difficult with the mono faction but I think we can all agree Stella is a bit of a powerhouse so yeah <laughs> not necessarily she's not necessarily missing much these days mm-hmm I suppose Monofaction, the other thing that she'd struggle with is Synergy. She's only got access to one of the Synergy cards, which is Close the Circle. Oh, and um, Call for Backup. And she'd find it hard to pull in enough multi-class cards to get her Synergy up. But, I mean, you could still run Prophetic, and that gives her Guardian and Survivor straight away. Yeah, so... you could do. You could do. I'm just... Imagining the person who's going to send us their Jacqueline uh, Synergy deck now. Great. Bring it on. Yeah. It's no surprise to me that the Synergy uh, cards are level one. <laughs> so, like, you can't even versatile them in. Yeah. Should we jump on to her signature, signature cards? Signature. Yes, let's do it. I can't speak. So, her signature asset is Arbiter of Fates. Three cost asset. Willpower, Agility, and Wild Icons. It's talent-traded. Jacqueline Fine deck only. Reaction. When you use Jacqueline Fine's reaction ability, Exhaust Arbiter of Fates, this use of her ability does not count towards its limit. I can see the threads. I know when they will snap. This is, to an extent, very straightforward, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
years ago there was a you know the Daily Mash, mm. the the British satirical newspaper. They did an yeah. article about how whenever you ask for a chips at the chippy, they will like use a shovel to deposit a huge amount of chips, more than more chips than any human could ever eat into your newspaper wrapper. Mm-hmm. Um, and the logic is, well, chips are good, so more chips is more good. Sort of, that's the case here, right? If Jacqueline finds yeah. ability is good, you know, m- more chips, more chips is more good. Use it twice. I mean, it really is pretty straightforward. You used to have a limit once per round ability. Now you have a limit twice per round ability. In terms of simplicity of signatures, there are a few that are more simple than that because it's just put it down. Now you have double the trouble. <laughs> so yeah, it's really nice. I I love playing with it because that whole thing I mentioned about offering your ability to other people, it gives you even more freedom and leeway to do that. And you start to feel even more like a team player helping other people. But beyond that, I don't know how much more that is to add. No, no. This this is one of the starter decks. So a nice mm-hmm. straightforward signature, I think is good. My experience playing Jacqueline, I'm never not happy to see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you contrast it with, say, Heirloom, of Hyperborea, mm. that's a three-cost asset, which I almost never want to play. Mm. This is a three-cost asset that I, What's the windmill slam? That's what yeah. Frank always says. Windmill slamming this onto the table as soon as it turns up in my hand. Uh, because I, I think, you know, two tests a turn across the party, remember, mm-hmm. because it's not just mm-hmm. her that can use this ability. Yeah. That yeah. seems a pretty, a pretty easy thing to be able to do once, like, during one turn or during one round. It's not like you're not going to be able to use this most mm-hmm. turns. Yeah. Count and turn the number of turns in a scenario where no investigator takes any test. Yeah. It's pretty slim. Yeah. And I think if you're someone who is wondering about how good really is that ability to draw two additional tokens, Arbiter of Fates helps you really see the, the utility as well because once you play it, the more you use her ability, the more fantastic it feels like it is. I even noticed that having played solo with her, I felt like other investigators just weren't as good because she's making the bag easier to handle. She's smoothing things out. And particularly when you can do that for two tests a turn, it's not entirely easy mode, but it makes things a hell of a lot easier. What about her weakness? Right. Weakness, dark future. Uh, Omen and Times. Uh, sorry, it's a treachery weakness as well. Revelation, put Dark Future into play in your threat area. You cannot cancel or ignore Elder Sign, Skull, Cultist, Tablet, Elder Thing and Autoveil tokens. Forced, at the end of your turn, reveal five random tokens from the Chaos Bag. If an Elder Sign symbol is revealed, discard Dark Future. This, I think, mm-hmm. is sort of the flip side of... Uh, Arbiter of Fates, right? Arbiter of Fates is you use her ability more. Dark Future is you can't use her ability. <laughs> I mean, yeah. no, sort of. You can still reveal more tokens, and that can be useful, not least of which to help you pass the Dark Future test, right? Yeah, yeah. One thing to save your ability for. Yeah, well, you're not using anything else, really, are you? <laughs> In that way, it forces you to interact with it. Because either you stop using your ability because Dark Future's out and you don't want to pull 
you know, a skull, a cultist and a tablet and not be able to cancel any of them in the same test. Or you're like, well, I can't use my ability because I'm going to use it to reveal more tokens to get rid of Dark Future. So either way, it's it's forced you to engage with it. The, the way you said that makes me just maybe imagine someone who doesn't use her ability until she gets until Dark Future is drawn. Like, oh, yeah, I've got my ability I can use. Oh, yeah, I'll get rid of Dark Future now. Yeah. Great. And then doesn't use her ability again. It's like the, the, remember the, the people who used to forget Wendy's ability. Now, I played Wendy through a scenario, but I didn't use her ability at all. Why not? Well, you're discarding cards, Peter. Why would you do that? Cards are good. Yeah. Hot take. That reminds me, we didn't actually touch on her Elder Sign ability. Oh. Because it says you cannot cancel or ignore Elder Sign abilities here as well. Elder Sign effects trigger during skill tests. So it's not just any time you see an Elder Sign it triggers. It's all token effects are only active during skill tests. But her Elder Sign effect is kind of fascinating in that way because you can use it for the plus one. But also if it's one of the three tokens you draw and another one of the tokens you've drawn is going to pass you the test, you can cancel the Elder Sign and draw a card, which is super cool. Yes. And yeah, so Dark Future stops you getting that Elder Sign ability as well, which yes, yeah, is yeah, a bit, yeah. bit annoying. It is, yeah. No, I, I'm glad you rewound us to talk about that, actually, because it solves one of the annoying problems with Elder Sign effects, which is it's it's a hat on a hat, often, where mm-hmm. you draw a token that has a positive modifier you've already passed. The positive modifier yeah. rarely makes you pass the test. Yeah. But this is lovely because it, if you needed the plus one, it's there, but... If you don't need the plus one, you still get the positive effect of drawing an Elder mm-hmm. Sign. So it feels sad to draw an Elder Sign and not have it do something special. With Jacqueline, it feels like it is, it's pretty much always going to do that if you're drawing it off her ability. The poor Elder Sign, desperate to be drawn by players. And yeah. you know, just sitting there in the bag hoping that it'll get drawn and it'll bring all that happiness. And then with the Jacqueline player, it gets drawn more than ever, just and she it, just happily it in the cancels it and throws it back in the in the bag. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely have cancelled. You know, not that I cancel Elder Signs with lots of other investigators, but the number of times you're delighted to see it, but not for its effect. You're just <laughs> delighted to chuck it back in. Yeah, I'll have a card out of that test as well. Thank yeah. you. It's great. So, is Dark Future debilitating, or is it a nuisance? Um. I guess it depends on how you've built her. If you've been listening and you've built her to do some kind of bag fishing to to, to fish for particular results, then it's sort of turned off your deck. Mm-hmm. Like, your deck still functions. It's just the reliability of any of the effects you're relying upon have has disappeared. And the ability to, you know, as we said earlier, kind of guarantee uh, a pass through through the tentacle token or to, to kind of just generally boost up the value of your stats without needing to rely as much on stat boosts. Everything just becomes a lot less reliable and a lot less fun because you're not drawing multiple yeah. tokens out of the bag, which is the reason yeah. why we've all decided to play Jacqueline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. I think we need to divide token fishing up into some more specific elements as well. Okay. And I can think of three possible things. So the first is your shriveling and azure flame and related spells that have 
bad effects on them based on the token you end up with. So for Shriveling, it's a symbol token and it gives you a horror. And for Azure Flame, it's the Elder Sign, the plus one or the zero, and it gives you a damage. So if you're running either of those spell suites or or any combination of them, you might be using Jacqueline, her abilities defensively to mitigate against hitting those tokens. On top of those, the the new spell assets, Brand of Cthulhu and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The, those, so you might be lives. desperately trying to not succeed by zero or succeed by... Yeah, it's all succeed by zero, isn't it? So either letting yourself fail or getting the pass by one or more. Totally. That's the defensive use of her ability. The more aggressive version of her ability is actively going out seeking tokens. And you've mentioned the curse suite. So wanting to see multiple curses for Armageddon to get multiple charges on Armageddon or do multiple points of damage and same with Eye of Chaos and Shroud of Shadows and then you also mentioned Sixth Sense and its partner Wither where when you see special tokens with them they actually give you additional benefits so you want you actively want to see those either to reduce Shroud and get more clues or reduce the health of enemies for leveled up Wither there's a really cool Jacqueline deck that is all about that and all about using her ability to find specific tokens to really turbocharge Six Sense and Wither. I'd really recommend looking on Arkham DB for it. It's really cool. And you basically use her ability to to start getting these multiple pings of those cards. And because they're chargeless, you can do it a load. You can use, I think it runs Sign Magic 3. Mm-hmm. So you do a Six Sense with one, which allows you to do a Six Sense with another, and they all pile on top of each other. Importantly... To make that work, Eldritch Inspiration level 1 reads, Fast, play when you would resolve an effect on a mystic card that triggers when, if, or after a chaos token is revealed. Either cancel that effect or resolve it an additional time. Jacqueline is a mystic card Mm -hmm. with an effect that triggers when you reveal a chaos token. So with Eldritch Inspiration, you can then trigger her ability twice, to really go hunting for tokens if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, for Wither and for, for Sixth Sense, which is pretty cool. That's nice. So you can yeah. kind of lean into it. I guess the third option then for token fishing is all of the like guessing values or all of the accompaniment cards that build into that. So like if you're doing a crystal pendulum and you're wanting to pass by a certain amount to draw cards. Yeah, yeah. You want to go token fishing with that. For people who don't already have enough maths in Arkham. Yeah, exactly. If you've gambled on a certain token with Recall the Future, you fish for that as well. So it's not actually about the the card itself. It's just, again, about bad bag maths and yeah. smoothing things out. Now, now, Recall the Future and its smaller cousin, Ritual Candles, are an mm. interesting one here. because they, And actually, I think Defiance goes into this slot as well. Mm-hmm. Because, in my opinion, the, the the vector they work on is adding additional tokens that, or converting tokens in the bag to ones that will pass you a test from ones that were failing mm-hmm. the test. So weirdly enough, you're not necessarily fishing for the tokens that match the card, especially if actually another token you've drawn would pass the test. Mm. So let's mm-hmm. say I'm at I'm at one above a difficulty, 
and I draw, and I and I pick minus two with recall the future, and mm-hmm. I draw a minus one, a minus two, and a minus three. Actually, the play there is to pick the minus one because it doesn't exhaust recall the future. Mm-hmm. What recall the future does is expand the number of tokens in the bag that pass me the test. Yeah. It gives you the hypothetical expansion if you see it and choose to exhaust it, which is even stronger than actually needing to do it. It's the lucky effect. Yeah. Oh, I can pass if I want to with lucky. And and that's why, in a lot of circumstances, defiance is a bit like an unexpected courage. Mm -hmm. Because its its effect is often similar to taking the same number of tokens out the bag in terms of failure as the extra pip would on unexpected courage. I guess it's not about numerical value. It's about the number of tokens that succeed or fail. Yes. And normally we use numerical value, boost a stat to a certain height, as a way of moving tokens from success to failure. And you see it with a new player, right? They go four up and then they're like, oh, and I could commit this too and I'll go six up. And the more experienced player will say, you can, but the worst thing in the bag that isn't the auto fail is the minus four. So yeah. you don't need to. And yeah, it's a similar thing. We get kind of used to what the number is that we need to hit rather than how do we change failure into success in the bag. Yeah. And in, in that way, I think you could say that card like Recall the Future is it's actually doing the same thing as Jacqueline is. It's making your token draws more reliable. Uh, Jacqueline's ability, if you're using it to pick a token out of three, that's going to be the best of the three. That mm. makes her more reliable. Mm. It, it, it increases her chance of drawing a card that's uh, uh, drawing a token that's good. Recall the future does exactly the same thing. It makes any one token pull or any one test more likely to succeed. Mm. So they don't necessarily need to go together. But I don't know. My, I'm I'm struggling to rein in my brain, which I think is going to explode. Um, (laughs) Does Jacqueline make Recall the Future better, or are they both good cards separately? Mm. You've run Recall the Future before Jacqueline existed. Yeah, yeah, I love Recall the Future. I think it's a great card. I guess the argument would be Jacqueline is more easily able to, rather than just having the plain stat boost, using Recall the Future... I guess the reason we used Recall the Future in, in the campaign we ran was because we were doing a curse deck and picking curse with Recall the Future. Well, <laughs> There's six in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're taking a lot more tokens out of the bag, but you're, you're, you're mitigating the minus two that a curse gives, but still getting the mm-hmm. positive effects that trigger off drawing a curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, At least for yeah. the first curse you draw. <laughs> yeah. On numbers two and three, it's a bit more brutal. Yes. I think that's I think that's very right, and I almost feel like I wonder if your feeling about recall the future in Jacqueline is a bit like my feeling about curse and Jacqueline, which is why wouldn't you? <laughs> you know, she she makes these things so much better. There's yeah. such a strong uh, urge towards consistency with her that I really enjoy. I think it's really satisfying, and so yeah, like you end up thinking, wow, recall the future is this really strong card. I keep hitting the things I need or. Uh, whatever it is yeah yeah i'd add into that third token fishing things that aren't actually they are spells but they aren't necessarily about your actions so about your fighting and evading so you mentioned voice of ra earlier 
and that's you gain a resource and then you reveal three tokens and for each special symbol you gain additional resources mm-hmm. and of course with Jacqueline's ability you can reveal an additional two tokens so you're about to reveal three you instead reveal five and you pick your two to cancel out of those five because she's not she's not just changing the reveal of one token she's re- just adding plus two to any number of reveals if you know what I mean yeah, I think she's really good with that. And then there's also Hypnotic Gaze in in her starter deck that is a cancel, but if you can reveal a special symbol, they hit themselves, which is kind of nice. That's, an, I'd say, a card that isn't played very much because it's quite hard to reliably land that retaliate hit. But, again, Madame Reliable, Jacqueline, provides that reliability. It's an interesting thematic I, I guess disconnect or maybe it's not maybe maybe this this entirely jibes thematically I guess like fortune telling you would almost see as being vague and not reliable not able to predict what's going to happen and yet the way Jacqueline operates while it still has that same feeling of I'm taking a handful of these and then I'm picking out I'm kind of like guided by the threads mm. The, the ultimate effect on the way you play the game is that you're more reliable. Yeah, yeah. Well, and her flavour says the future can be rewritten. <laughs> and it's almost like those three tokens are three possible futures. Yeah. And her ability to see the future means she can pick a path. And and it does say in her flavour, you know, she, she has these terrifying dreams. At first she thought of these dreams as a terrible curse. However... As she began to control her visions and observe the events within in greater detail, she now understands they're no curse but a calling. I really like that about uh, Jacqueline, that she... It's not just that she's got this sort of passive ability that she sees terrible things in the future. She has some sense of, like, control, and, yeah, again, the future can be rewritten. Yeah, it's interesting. I think Mm. she... You've just reminded me as well. She's better at gambling in um, in the Bella in the Bella Luna, isn't she? <laughs> That's something we didn't really touch on. If you're if you're some special scenario effects might have you trying to draw a particular token. Yeah, yeah, they might do exactly same. You know, any enemies that care about if you draw a particular token while attacking them, they do a thing. Or there's even in Excelsior, the second floor hall, you can move straight through it. But then you have to draw a token, and if you draw a special symbol, you draw an encounter card. Yeah. Like, Jacqueline is able to see the times when the second floor hall is quiet, and you can scurry through, which is is lovely. So there's like a whole thematic hinterland to Jacqueline that's really enjoyable about what does her ability really mean. Like you said, is it a control ability, or is it somehow her seeing the future? Which I, I think is really cool. And you know I'm a big fan of any investigator where I can yell, I'm helping, <laughs> across the table. And yeah, Jacqueline allows that. Yeah. Any other notable cards that get you excited that you want to mention for her? Uh, let me take a quick look. I, I think I've at least mentioned all of the big ones. Mm-hmm. As I say, I, I've always been a fan of... I haven't always. This is, this, that's a total lie. I've more recently become a big fan of Ritual Candles. <laughs> the the wild thing about Ritual Candles is, for a long time we all looked at it and thought, God, this this card 
needs something extra for it to be good. But then you play in a deck that makes use of it and you're like, oh God, how is this card so good? It should exhaust. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? It doesn't let me read that again. Does it exhaust? <laughs> That's a... I just like that. I just like... It just feels nice using it. And yeah, I, I think... What did I use in my curse deck? We had the the, the upgraded curse spells and then also mm. Twyla as well. Um, mm. And you yeah, can yeah. play one and then it does you for the rest of the game. Twyla in a Charlie Kane deck. No, it's a bad idea. Here we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Please. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a good idea. Twyla and Brand of Cthulhu and Charlie. Yeah, it's wild. There's. I just thought as well. Of course, we had a Jacqueline Light ability in Premonition as well before she came out, and she combines really nicely with that and with Scrying Mirror, where. If you're revealing tokens out of sequence or ahead of sequence, you can still use her ability because it doesn't care about whether you're taking a skill test or not. So if you're doing that classic play of Mythos Phase is just ending, let's play Premonition, see what's coming next and maybe make a plan based off that, you can Premonition and use Jacqueline's ability and seal all three tokens on it. Mm. And uh, I, I believe you then... Reveal two of the two. Oh no, you choose and cancel at that moment then. So maybe maybe you do reveal the auto fail and two other tokens. So you realize the first test is going to be a minus five because of the values. Then you can decide, right, how are we going to handle that? Uh, who can who can handle a minus five? And then same for scrying mirror, which it's a shame that it costs three because I think it doesn't end up in decks as a result, but it has four secrets. And when a skill test at your location begins, you exhaust it, spend a secret, and you reveal the chaos token before you commit cards rather than after you commit cards. Mm. So again, you can use Jacqueline in combination with that. Or I found in solo I was running that and I'd use Scrying Mirror for, say, just a normal investigate and see what the token is and then say, right, well, I'm putting this perception in or I'm going to, you know, if I was using Sixth Sense, oh, I need plus one to pass. I'll put in a single icon. Yeah, it feels like Scrying Mirror, I think it's the cost that stops people playing it. Um, cost of the limited secrets, maybe. But she makes it better again, because again, revealing tokens, you reveal more, see what's coming up. You can tailor to whose test it's going to be in. I think it's. I think Scrying Mirror isn't just you. Yeah, it's a skill test at your location. So that allows for that. It does kind of cool also occurred to me that if you're playing like a curse Jacqueline then she's deliberately picking the bad outcomes when she sees it's like you Jacqueline sees three three possible futures coming the elder sign the great future a zero yeah. like fine and then also Mediocre a curse future. yeah and then yeah. The curse and she's like oh yeah 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 let's go for the bad one <laughs> yeah dark Jacqueline yeah let's go down that path for sure yeah and another thing we like to ask for our investigator-specific episodes is what kind of roles we see them fulfilling. So, in a way, I feel that she's aligns a bit with Jim. Jim's mm-hmm. ability being that he is more reliable because he takes... A, I mean, assuming you're at least testing at the difficulty, he takes mm-hmm. one whole token out the bag. So... It does mean that that old classic of running a couple of different assets 
spell assets in your deck and being a bit of a jack of all trades feels mm-hmm. feels reasonable. A Jacqueline of all trades. A Jacqueline of all trades. There you go. That's a deck name for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, you're just good at passing tests, I guess. It's the great strength of the five willpower mystic, isn't it? You can put in any selection of spells for what you want their role to be. And they're going to be good at it as long as they see those spells. So, yeah, lovely. With nine sanity as well, she's a great arcane research target because you can take a couple of trauma with that and upgrade your spells very happily. Cool. Well, this was our investigator-specific episode all about Jacqueline Fine, Jay Fine. Wonderful Jackie. We'd love to hear what you think, listener. You can get in touch. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Facebook, on Twitter, on Design by Humans, and on Patreon. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am everywhere as you as United. That's U N I T L E D. I'm United on Twitter and Discord and Reddit and Steam. And I'm on Instagram as the.united. So, yeah, please say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm on Twitter as FB. That's E P H underscore B E E. And I'm around the place as Zooey Glass and Sozo. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Messrs. Ryan McNally and Andrew Spong were experienced in the art of making unwilling persons voluble, and the screams of a weak and exceptionally vulnerable man can be easily muffled. So they moved up to the one lighted window and heard the terrible old man taking childishly to his bottles with pendulums. Editor's note. Jarrett Hasbrook Typer of Kingston, New York was last seen and recognised on April 17th, 1908, around noon, at the Hotel Richmond in Batavia. He was the only survivor of an ancient Ulster County family and was 53 years old at the time of his disappearance. That's a classic Lovecraft, isn't it? Spooky old man from a spooky old family. Yeah, got spooked. Yeah.